In a world filled with movies, it can be hard to choose just one to watch. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I asked first. Come on. What do you want to watch? No. What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch, Patrick? What do you Where even watch? narrowing down a you genre can be a struggle. How about we watch a drama? Too many emotions. Okay, then how about we watch an action film? Too many explosions. I know, I know. Let's watch a horror movie. Oh, uh, Dad, just do an interview already. Welcome, everybody, to the Diecast Movie Podcast, where this episode we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, Dad. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. Today, we're in, I'm interviewing Danny Thompson, who is an actress, a singer, a presenter, a model, and she even knits or used to knit clothes for small dogs. How are you doing today, Danny? I'm very good, thank you. That's uh, quite an introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Well, you've done a lot of different things. I mean, it was just uh, looking looking at um, your website, Danny Thompson, and um, and things like that. It's a lot of different things that you've done. A lot of people only maybe have done one, but you've done like several things that are pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. I have. I suppose I have done quite a lot. <laughs> Now, so you you originally were born in Australia, and you moved to England when you were around, what, a toddler? Yes, my parents moved here. Um, my father was originally from England. Um, he lived in Australia for a very long time, though. Um, and we actually ended up moving to Papua New Guinea first, um, after Australia. And then it's, it's kind of, it's safe for kids, but it's not, you know, your house is likely to get robbed and stuff over there. It wasn't that safe. So he ended up getting a job back in England and moving moving us back. So I could have could have had a life by the sea somewhere, but no, in the cold instead. Well, I, I was born in um, near the Canadian border in Pennsylvania, in the state in Mar in, in state of the United States, and um, we used to get snow that would be like um, a foot or two because we're near um, Lake Erie. So we used to always get like a mm -hmm. foot or two of snow and plows would go through, and schools never closed. So. I, it could always be worse, and, I'm, and and there's even worse in my area. Yeah, yeah, I think it's different. I mean, I've got family in Canada. Actually, I've got um, a couple of uncles and aunts and loads of cousins. So I've been over quite a lot, but always it's always in the summer holiday. So it was whenever I was growing up, we get the six weeks in the summer. I'd come over then, so I've I've never done a Canadian winter. But they say that it's pretty tough. I mean, England comes to standstill with like an inch of snow. That's it. People aren't going to work. Trains stop running. But, um, yeah, so I'm complaining because it's been snowing here this week. So it's been, it has been cold this week. So actually doing this interview in my pajamas because they're warm. Well, it's always good to be comfortable. And that's the one thing about the lockdown. I think everybody's been dressing more in comfort clothes than, um, fat, than the good fashion, especially if you're only home with yourself or your family. It's like, who are you trying to really impress? Well, this is it. I live by myself, so it doesn't really matter. I can wear my pajamas all day if I want. I mean, I've been up today and I've like showered. I actually just popped to the shop as well. We've got a shop in, in my complex where I live. And I'm like, we got a bottle of wine. Can I go in my pajamas? And then I just thought, you know what? Yeah, I can. Because I don't actually have to leave the gate. So, yeah, pajamas, that's it now for me. Pajamas, onesies, until the end of lockdown. Which hopefully will happen sometime in the near future. Because I think everybody's pretty much, for the mm. most part, getting tired of of being stuck in one spot. So I know sooner or later, hopefully sooner, I've gone through the vaccine, so I've gotten both shots. So hopefully it's spread. Oh, you're more. lucky. 
I think they're still doing the people in England. It's still like, I don't think they've even hit the people that are in the 60s yet. And then it kind of filters down. So I don't think I'll be vaccinated until like summer. Well, I'm an essential worker. So I got I'm moved up, even mm. though I'm not, uh, not in the elderly range. But, <coughs> excuse me, I got moved up in that part because of um, my, job, my job occupation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I don't really see that many people, so I'm pretty sure I'll be safe. I can, I can avoid catching it in the meantime. I think so. And um, one, one thing I was curious about, when you were growing up, did you watch any movies or any movies in particular that you really enjoyed? My favorite movie, and from it's the first movie I ever remember watching, and it's still my favorite movie, is The Wizard of Oz. I remember I never got sick. I was one of these kids that never gets sick. And you know, you get kids that have all these days off school because they're sick. There was never anything wrong with me. I never caught a cold. I never, there was never anything wrong with me. And my mum took pity on me. I think I've been, I think I must have been about seven. So I've been to school all of these years. And she just took me off for a day, bought sweets, popcorn, had the Wizard of Oz on, on VHS. And we, and I stayed off school that day. She gave me a sick day and we watched it. And so it was just like everything about it is just magical. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's horror. I mean, it's quite scary. There's monkeys are scary. And the scene in the haunted forest is very scary. Um, but I, I just think it's magical. I, I've loved that movie. That's been my favorite forever. Um, other than that, just I'm trying to think what else I used to watch. I mean, I can't think of any other movie that's kind of stuck with Crocodile Dundee 2, actually, is a favorite. I'm, it's the only franchise where I prefer the second one than the first one. In the franchise. I, I mean, I love the first one. Don't get me wrong. The first one's great. Um, Indiana Jones, The Goonies. I think I, I'm, an, I'm an 80s kid, so... What are those films? Yeah, well, in the Wizard of Oz, um, where I was growing up, it used to be every year they would show the Wizard of Oz on network TV. And so it was like one of those event things. You got to watch it. Yeah. And um, then eventually, of course, um, with VHS and DVDs, it's one of, it actually is also one of my favorite ones, too. And um, It's such a good film. I'm actually, they actually show it here. They tend to show it at Christmas in the UK so every Christmas so it's always it reminds you of Christmas the Christmas movie or, or New Year and I, I have it on I think I've got about three DVDs to be honest of it but it's still when it's on TV I will still watch it every time I mean well, all you can say is that it's one of those movies I think that is um, not, pra- not perfect but practically perfect for the people that are looking for a fantasy film with a musical tie and it has the yeah. scary elements it has a little bit of everything in there comedy I mean I think it is perfect isn't it? I mean, even though the sets, I mean, half of them, you know, you can see that they're cardboard and they're painted, but it still works. And it's an 80-year-old movie. And I'm sure if a kid watched it now, they wouldn't be like, oh, well, that's that cardboard. I think it would still work. I don't think it's dated. I think it it's not overacted, which a lot of older films can be. Very theatrical. I mean, I think where it's a musical, it kind of lends itself well. But I think everything about it is perfect. And I actually read yesterday that they're remaking it. And it's one of those where you're like, oh, no, not another one. I mean, they tried with The Wiz, and that was terrible, even with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson, who should have been amazing, and it was still an awful movie. I just think it's one of those ones that you just shouldn't touch. And I think part of its long-lasting is the mix of black and white and color. Because, you know, because it starts mm. off the one thing. And it it's goes the first to- film in Technicolor. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the first. I know it's one of the first. I'm not sure, you know, but it's... It was the first one they did in Technicolor, apparently. And um, and I think that's what helps with its legs, you know, meaning that it still pops in today because people, you know, kids that are used to seeing everything in color start with the black and white and then it goes to that fantasy element and it just does it so, mm. 
su- such a good use of um, cinematography and setting. It's so good. It's so good. Like if ever you could choose to be on any film set, I think that would just be amazing. And being a, and being a dog lover, I just love Toto. You know, it's just you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's so you want to pick them up and hold them and just give them lots of tummy rubs. Yes, I'm a big fan of small dogs. I've I've just lost my dog last year, actually, but I, mine was actually smaller, so it's definitely handbag-sized dogs for me that I can carry around, like Toto. Oh, I'm sorry that you lost your um, little canine companion. Yeah, I mean, she was old, so it happens. Yeah, we have um, we have a, a, a Shih Tzu named Milo. So it's um, he's my first small dog. I've used to had like a German Shepherd, a Labrador, and now I got a uh, okay. now I got a little dog. Yeah, I just find them, I mean, I like big dogs, I like all dogs, I just find them more practical. I mean, I go on a lot of hikes, and, you know, if a big dog gets tired, I can't lift it, I can't carry it, whereas, I mean, this summer, while we're in half lockdown, we kind of unlocked down for a little while, where you're allowed to meet friends outside, so we were going on a lot of hikes, I did a couple of mountains, and I've got this backpack where it's, it's for a dog, so they can just sit in, so I can put all my stuff in the bottom, put the little seat in. And then she can just sit in there with her head poking. I mean, she'll walk most of it, but if she got tired, then, you know, she can go for a ride and we can all take turns carrying her and she's not heavy. So I think if I, if I get another one, which I probably will probably wait till the spring, cause I don't want to do toilet training in the winter. I mean, I have to go outside every five minutes. Um, it's definitely gonna be something small. Cool. I'm looking you know, I can't, I'm, I follow you on Facebook. You and I are friends on Facebook. So I can't wait to see pictures of the, the new addition down the, the road. Puppy. <laughs> There'll definitely be one. Yeah, definitely. Or a kitten, maybe. Maybe both, I don't know. Now, one of the other things people don't know about you, you you're a model before you became an actress? Yes, I was a model. And I don't know what, I don't know if the industry was different there. It was like glamour models. So it was kind of bikini, lingerie, underwear style stuff. And there was newspapers that have like topless girls on page three, um, so I did all that and I did that for a while and then the industry started changing, I think with social media when, you know, when people got Instagram and they're posting all these pictures for free, nobody obviously wanted to pay for them. So the whole industry was kind of going downhill. A lot of the magazines all folded. Um, and then I was just kind of, also I was getting a bit older and I thought I can't do this forever. What else can I do? And I ended up doing a couple of small roles in things and then thinking, oh, I quite like this acting malarkey. And then I did a couple of weeks in the summer, like a summer course at a drama school. And I ended up auditioning for their full-time course and then went there for a year afterwards and then kind of acting since then. But I still do a bit of modeling. I just, whatever comes up really, I'll do a bit of both. Yeah, because I know it's, I know you still do both. Because I think you have a uh, on your website, you have a calendar for sale and um yeah, I mean, there's only a couple of them left, actually. And uh, and things along those lines. So it's just kind of interesting. But also I noticed that you're a singer, too. You have the, the, an album out called Vamp. Yes. Well, um, so that was, there's a guy called Will Metheringham, and his wife, Maria, is an actress and also a producer, writer. Uh, I've worked with her a few times in films, and he asked me, they're in a band, um, he asked me if I'd record a track for their, I think it was the end credits of the film. And I was like, well, yeah, let's have a go. Like, I've, I like I've, I mean, when I was younger, I probably wanted to be a pop star. I didn't really know how to do it. The same as acting. You just don't know how to do these things. And I was like, okay, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll be fun. It's experimental. So we did it. And then I asked him actually to write a song for me for a film I'd produced 
and he wrote that and then he was like I just keep writing these songs that don't really work for our band but they'll work for you so he do you want to do an EP so it's meant to be kind of you know, a couple of songs and then he was like okay I've got like loads of songs do you want to do an album I'm like yeah and it was so much fun so we did it it was I mean it's quite risque um but we're actually working on doing another which is going to be less so it's going to be a different sound a bit more indie so it's kind of indie rock pop I think you call it alternative I listened to to a few of your songs on YouTube and um oh yeah so if anybody that's interested, you can listen to a few of them on YouTube. And if you enjoy it, then of course you can always buy, I think you have digital copies available. Yes. So, um, it's basically, it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes. Um, all of the, all of the platforms you can actually buy it from or listen to if you subscribe, um, through my website, you can actually get CD copies, which I sign and post out myself. So they're on my website. Awesome. And, um, I know some people, you know, like to see people had to go into different areas it's you know and those kind of things because i I think was a samantha fox years ago she started off as a a model on the the newspaper things and then of course you know hit it big with um singing yes i do i've got some of her records literally next to me i um i bought a record player in the summer i've never had a record player before and then i've just been going to like vintage shops and charge shops and like what can i find in here um and Somebody actually gave me some Samantha Fox records, so I have her singles. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of similar. I think she might have done a bit of acting as well, possibly. She might have too. I mean, I can imagine that she would have. I mean, I think you're, I think you're both around the same height, so it's kind of interesting how you have the same type of careers, starts, and. Yeah, so we're not tall enough to be, you know, fashion models. <laughs> I think yeah, she's probably taller than me. I'm only five foot one. I'm not sure how tall she is. I'm trying to remember now, but I looked it up one time and, and I don't think, I think you're about the same height. You know, I don't think she's that tall. Okay. I guess it depends oh, who has the high, who has cool. the highest heels at that particular time. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Not me right now. I've got slippers on. Now you've done in British cinema, you are like, I think you're the self-proclaimed um, scream princess. You don't go by scream queen. You go by scream princess. Why, why princess instead of queen? <laughs> Because I feel like when I'd done a couple of films, people were like, oh, this new Scream Queen. And I didn't think I deserved the title. I felt like I hadn't done enough to be, you know, you can't call me like a queen when I've only done, you know, done like two, three, four films. And I just felt like, you know, I, I don't think I can say that because I just don't think, you know, there's people who've done so much more who deserve the title. And I just didn't think I did. So I um, I went with Princess and I also thought it made me sound younger. <laughs> so I just went with Princess and then it's kind of stayed that way. And you make it sound like you're old, but you're, you're so, you're, you're very, very young. So I don't. <laughs> so I, uh... There are younger people. No, I don't. No, I just, I don't know. I just, um, I just, I kind of liked it. It's, there's loads of screen queens. I mean, I'd maybe now I've done a bit more, but I still don't feel like I deserve it. I still feel like there are people who have done so much more that kind of deserve the title more than I do. Well, this way you can be the only screen princess, you know, you can have your own little niche. This is it. Now I've, I've been able to, I was able to watch some of your movies that you did for the indie British horror thing, like, um, Christmas sleigh, um, serial caller and serial caller. You helped co-write and produce and acted in it. I wrote the original script and the film that was made, there's bits of my original script in it. I mean, it's one of those ones that I learned 
so much and you know we got fully funded and I just wish I'd put my foot down a bit more but I just like and kind of made sure that it was my original script because lots of things changed in there and I would have preferred it not to have been the case I think so I mean we learned a lot and it was great and it was a really good experience and it kind of taught me what you know how to go about things next time and I think it's all a learning curve so yeah I did um and yeah I mean if I got budget to remake it with my original script I'd quite like to do that well, that would that would be something nice then, because not knowing what your original um, script was compared to what you know what I saw, it would be interesting to see the differences and um, and, and and see how it improved. Yeah, the original was more like traditional slasher recipe, so like the killer was different, and um, yeah, there were like there were differences. A lot of I mean, there are a lot of the stuff in the middle is the same. So it's just kind of the end and the yeah. There's there's bits that are different. And in Christmas, slang. I mean, the dog shop, the dog shop wasn't me. I didn't write that in there, even though my dog is in it. That was Dolly. Um, the the investor had a dog shop and he wanted his dog shop to be in it. So he actually put that scene in. And then I thought everyone's going to think I've just put a completely pointless scene in this film just so that my dog gets to be in it. But that was, I mean, the dog was already in the film. He didn't need the extra scene. So that wasn't me. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's added bits that didn't need to be in there. Well, sometimes you got to please the investor, I guess, you know, if they're, if they're putting the money. Well, in. yeah, this is it. He fully funded it. So we couldn't complain too much. At least, at least he wasn't demanding too many things. If he only wanted, you know, like one scene with, you know, like a little bit with the dog shop in there. So it's. Yeah. I mean, there was more than that scene. He did add other scenes and himself uh, and stuff, but um, <laughs> there's a character I could see like the Hoff or Anthony head playing. And then he was like, I'll play that one. I was like, Oh, great. <laughs> But you know, it is what it is. I understand exactly what you're talking about because I, I think I've, I've talked to some independent creators, and sometimes when they get the investors, they um, um, get a little more hands on and go beyond their ability level. Yeah, I mean, he I've got my wine. He, um, I mean, he had a studio. I mean, it was really cool. It was, I mean, it, it was a good experience. I'm, I'm not whinging about it. Like, I, we were really lucky to actually get the movie made. But it's just when you watch it, you know yourself what you could have done had you been allowed to do what you wanted to do right and um now the other two movies i said was christmas sleigh and um Mm -hmm. shoot little boogers buggers and that one you were not you're in the beginning (laughs) yeah this happens to me a lot i just go in for a little cameo and then i'm gone (laughs) no um christmas sleigh was great we went to bulgaria to shoot that one actually um the reason being it was set in Scotland so it's meant to be about a group of people that go for you know Christmas cabin in Scotland but they wanted snow and you can't really guarantee snow in the UK I mean it'll be cold but it might not snow so they booked Bulgaria and they're like you know because it's definitely going to snow and it was really it was a February I believe and it was really warm it was sunny I, I think it was like I think it popped up on time hop last week or this week so I think it's around about this time but years ago um, and yeah, there was hardly any snow. So we ended up having to go right up into the mountains and the Borovitz to get the snow. Um, but it was, it was, it was fun actually. It was good. It was nice being out there. I quite like being away, on, you know, staying away and doing, you know, rather than, you know, if I'm shooting in London, then I'd be going, you know, coming home at the end of the day. But it's kind of nice to you get those kind of film, film family things going on sometimes when you, um, when you do that, you're kind of living together the whole time. Great. 
Uh, it's nice when you get, to, and also you get a little trip involved with it. So you get to do some exploring if you have time, like either before or after. I don't, yeah. I, I doubt you get to do much during the shoot, but. We had a little bit of time. Well, we had a couple of days off, actually. So we did get to like go for walks around and, you know, I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere, but it's still different to being home. And Cute Little Buggers was filmed in the UK. And yeah, I mean, it was only a small role I was in that for. Um, I was there, I think it was two days filming. So yeah, that wasn't, wasn't a huge role. And I bet you didn't look at bunny rabbits the same way afterwards. Well, it's fun. And I, I mean, I loved working. That was the first time I'd ever worked with CGI. So with stuff that's not there. So I think there's a bit at the beginning where there's like something like a light or something buzzing around a little thing. I don't know what it was now. So obviously it wasn't there. So I had to kind of work to find it wasn't there. And then of course with the rabbits, there was nothing there. And then giving birth to the alien, there was, you know, that wasn't there either. So, um, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever done that. And I actually really, really loved doing that. I think we're going to talk about Cowgirls versus Alien, Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls. I'm in the wrong movie. Um, I'm combining the two. But yeah, um, so that was something I really loved on that film was working on the green screen for stuff that's just not there. That, that, that's one of the things. I know you, you came to Texas to do the filming and working with Joshua Kennedy, but how did you wor- run into and meet Joshua Kennedy? You know, and um, he's a friend of mine. So Josh. Um, came to London to premiere House of the Gorgon and I'd seen loads of stuff online. I think with the horror community, people know, you know, so you've obviously got mutual Facebook friends and what have you. Um, so I actually bought tickets to the premiere and then I sent him a message saying, I'm coming to this. Like, um, I think I'd added him as friends and I was like, oh, I'm going to come to premiere, I hope to meet you there. And then when I was there, um, he was just so busy. Like, he was like, you know, when you, there's one person, everyone wants to please him. So I didn't actually get to chat to him um, but I loved the film and I think the Q&A afterwards went on quite a long time as well. So there was no time afterwards. I think I had to get trained home. So I, I actually left like at the end of the Q&A. Um, and then I messaged him and said, oh, I really love the film. And he was like, oh, I really wanted to, you know, get to say hello. But And I was like, he just was so busy and, you know, it's fine. And then I saw he was doing Cowgirls vs. Pterodactyls. And I was like, that is such a cool name for a film. And that's right up my street. Like, I love... I love horror and I always, and this is where I think me and Josh get on very well is we both feel like we are from the wrong decade. We think we like, we should have been in the past. Um, so I think we both feel like that. I was like, can't we time travel, Josh? But I think I just met him and said, that's such a cool title. And he was like, oh, finally enough, I've got something that I want you to do. And this is Saturnalia. Well, I say Saturnalia. He says Saturnalia. I mean, he wrote it, so I guess he's right. Um, and then he was like, but while you're there, do you want to do some for cowgirls? And I was like, yes. Uh, so that was how that happened. Now, I'm and curious. Then, uh, and then also opening scenes for Mandicus, I think. So we had a busy week. Yes, you did. And um, I'm curious, what were your expectations coming to Texas? You know, before you, before you got there, what were you expecting, you know, when you – Went there was like like food wise climate whatever the type of people what what were your expectations going in because I know you're going well you've I knew it'd been- be I never been to Texas I've I've been to the states to various places never Texas I mean I've seen Dallas like the TV show so I was just like <laughs> everywhere it's gonna be a ranch and everyone lives on a ranch and everyone's a cowboy and wears a stetson so that's that's what I thought it was gonna be like and I got to the airport and there was a man wearing a stetson. So I wasn't on cowboy boots before a guy in cowboy. I think it was when I got to Dallas because I flew into Dallas and then I had a, had a um, another flight and I texted Josh, there's a man wearing cowboy boots and he was like, yep, that happened here. 
<laughs> I was like, it really is unexpected. But I mean, obviously where Josh is, it's like the South Pole of Texas. So it's, I, don't, I mean, I don't I didn't know what to expect. I just thought it was going to be very vast, lots of space, lots of, you know. So, I mean, it kind of was driving around. I guess it was kind of what I was expecting. I mean, it was warm. I didn't know they had beaches in Texas. I wasn't aware of that until I was on one, which was lovely. Very windy. Uh, <laughs> it's a very windy day on the beach. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked it. The food, I mean, Anna fed me mostly and then I was really excited we got to, I got to try the impossible burger the impossible whopper which is the vegan whopper in Burger King which wasn't actually out in the UK yet I think they did do a vegan one afterwards but it wasn't totally vegan because they cooked it on the same grill so I actually couldn't try the one here mm. so so yeah I mean I tasted my first tamales and I loved them so yeah, I mean, I love Texas. I'm, I'm, I might text Josh actually and be like, I'm moving to Texas. So he can just make films all the time. Cause I did have a good time. Oh, he, he definitely would utilize you if you were there. Cause he, he makes, he makes <laughs> tons of films. Um, one of the things though, I was able, I had on the Blu-ray and I was able to see the making of cowgirls versus pterodactyls. And in there, there's, <laughs> there's a little thing of you and I guess you were filming yourself in your room looking for tarantulas. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> somebody told me that tarantulas live in Texas and I hate spiders I can't really say tarantula I hate spiders any spiders I don't even like small spiders especially not spiders that are dangerous so yes I was convinced that I was going to get eaten by a tarantula so I went on a hunt I don't know if I'd have found one I don't know what I'd have done burnt the hotel down probably <laughs> safety <laughs> i don't know i yeah i went to make sure because i wouldn't have been able to sleep had had i not checked i, I thought it was so funny because you're like filming yourself and you're like looking behind every door like where i make sure there's no tarantulas <laughs> before i go to bed <laughs> i know anyone from texas is like, what is wrong with that girl <laughs> what's wrong with that brit um but yeah we don't get spiders here that can hurt you I don't know. I don't even know if I mind tarantulas that much. I actually feel like I mind them less because I think they're a bit slower. They're not quite as scuttly as our kind of spindly bony spiders we have here. So I don't know. But I still, you know, wasn't worth risk. Well, just to put you that peace of mind, um, their their reputation is way worse than the, than the actually. They don't really harm humans. If, if there's other spiders you want to worry about, but not the tarantulas in Texas. Exactly. There's other spiders in Texas that can hurt me. Well, there should be. Let's see. There's um. So I teach wilderness remote first aid, and I also um teach first aid for the American Red Cross. And um, the two spiders that are the worst in the United States are the uh, brown recluse spider and the black widow. Well, I've heard them. I didn't even know you got black widows there. I thought they were in Australia. No, Australia. They got spiders that can kill you. Um. Yeah, this is the only reason I don't mind. This is the reason I don't mind my parents moving me to England is because I don't want to get eaten by a spider or a shark. Yeah, because it's one of those things, like, if you look up spiders that can kill people or snakes that can kill people, it seems like a lot of them, Australia just seems to have a lot of things that can yeah. kill you. <laughs> they do, and crocodiles, and, yeah. I mean, but I don't mind snakes. I mean, I wouldn't, like, obviously, if I was out and about somewhere where they have poison snakes, I wouldn't be going up to a snake. But if it's someone's pet snake and I know it's not going to, you know, hurt me, then I'm cool with snakes. Like I don't, I I like rats, reptiles. I just not spiders really. Now you, you arrived in Texas. You're filming 
Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls, which is just came out as we're recording this. It came out just a couple of weeks ago, and it's on Amazon Prime. And you can also go, I'll have a link to it. You can go to um, their website, and you can purchase the Blu-ray version of it. And um, the mm-hmm. Blu-ray has behind the scenes. But what was it like filming it? It was so much fun. I mean, obviously being on Texas, Josh, Julian, and Anna, I was with them basically all the time. They're all amazing. Um, shooting on the green screen, like we've already discussed, like I really enjoyed that. I mean, riding the pterodactyls, it, I was I was sitting on a chair in Josh's garage and, you know, the lassoing and all of that stuff. I mean, it was so much fun. The beach bit was tough because obviously it was hot. I was wearing a corset, but, you know, that's, that was fine. It was just so windy. So the bits where like the wind just blowing my face and it's all stuck to my lipstick. And I think there's a shot which you probably saw in there. <laughs> my cleavage is just full of sand because there was a scene where I, I collapsed it and I faced down in it. So yeah, this, I mean, I was showered and the sand was still coming up my ears the next day. But other than the sand and it was, it was amazing. I mean, you know, it's probably not exciting for you, but like if I'm on a beach and there's pelicans flying overhead, like we don't, as I say, we do get pelicans only in St. James's Park, but they belong to the Queen. We don't get wild pelicans flying overhead. So for me, it was just, yeah, everything was amazing. It was lots of fun. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the best films, I think, for me, acting wise, and the experience for me, like where I've had the most fun, actually. It was definitely your character, Doris Yates, is interesting because we have, I don't know if you're familiar with Johnny Cash. The singer. Um, she reminds you of Johnny Cash. Oh, way, because, I know, I know who he is. Because he was always known as the Man in Black. And when I was watching okay. Doris Jates, I'm thinking, oh, it's the Woman in Black, you know, because everything was black except for your bandana, which was red. Um, and that yes, kind of my panuela brothel. Did I say it right? That's <laughs> the only so. Spanish I speak. But yeah, Josh was like, no one knows what you're saying. I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. But my Spanish is very limited, so it's, uh, but it sounded good to me. <laughs> I did, I learned a tiny, tiny bit when I was in Mexico, um, just so that I could, like, get by, but, yeah, I mean, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> but your character doesn't, doesn't really say much. It's, I think most of your dialogue was in the jail. I don't think you said yeah. much else. But, you know, you, but your facial expressions, especially when you were, riding i mean you're the only one that gets to ride a pterodactyl yeah and you're shooting at other pterodactyls at the same time i mean that is just yeah. that is just like an action star yeah thing. you know you can just well i think we named the character because the character didn't have a name when i got it what do you want to be called i was like i don't know and then we were like so who's the kind of like female and then we thought of the calamity jane which is played by doris day so we went with doris and then I'm a big Rawhide fan. I used to watch Rawhide every Sunday morning with my dad. So we used Ye- Rowdy Yates, we used his surname. So Dorothy Yates came about because of those two characters. Um, and yeah, like I was, I was living my Rawhide life, like shooting those like pterodactyls, riding the pterodactyl like I thought I was riding a horse. It was so much fun. It was literally like being a child when you, like, you haven't got a horse and you're like on a chair pretending you have a horse. But yeah, the pterodactyl. I can only imagine, you know, cause did you, did you see what the pterodactyls would look like before you um started? You'd like No, I think I might've seen just the 
just the, an animation part in the beginning. I think maybe I saw that, but that was it. So none of the stop motion had been done. I mean, Josh sent me a picture a while ago and they're doing it. And he was like, and my face, he had like the little model stop motion person. I was like, I look like Donald Trump. I had Trump face. They actually had Trump face. So thankfully in the film, I have less Trump face. Yeah, I would never associate you with a Trump face. That's just, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, the picture, it was just one shot he sent me, and I, my friend was actually with me at the time. I was like, look what he just sent me, and we were just dying laughing. And that was that was the one thing I know that took um, a while for Josh to get the, the production done was the stop motion, because just by mm-hmm. the, um, the the nature of that art, it, it takes a long time to do. And um Mm. and that kind of thing but it was it was interesting because i know your yeah. scenes were filmed different than the the other three main leads yeah i didn't see anyone um i think because i wasn't supposed to be in it at all um i think it says actually in the in the extra footage on the blu-ray it just has got kind of a timeline if we filmed the film and it's finished but it's not quite finished because we need something else and then when he asked me if i wanted to do it he wrote my character in and made it so that so yeah, I didn't shoot with anybody um, other than Julian. I think there's an end scene with Julian where I take the money. Um, I shot that with him, but other than that, it was just me. Yeah, because and that and I think Josh's um way of editing things in, and it made it work mm. because they had I think he had um some other pickup shots with some other characters yelling, mm-hmm. you know, it's Doris, you know, and um and that kind of thing. So it established mm-hmm. that you've been in there and, and and those kind of things into the movie. So unless people when they see the making of, they'll know you were never with them. Yeah. But that's that's the beauty of <laughs> movie making. I did see one person say, Oh, she just looks like she's on a beach in England. I'm like, I guess this guy's not been to a beach in England. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually said that she looks like she's on a beach in her home country. She wasn't. She was definitely in Texas with pelicans flying overhead, which I thought you could just shoot the pelicans because, like, on camera, because they kind of look like pterodactyls from a distance. That's true. If you keep uh, everything yeah. in a distance, it can you can always make it look yeah. like stuff. Now, you've also did two other films while you're out there with them, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to Josh, and he said you can talk about them, so you can – you know, Phil, so okay. we don't want to spoil the movie, but I mean, feel free. Um, so that is what I'll let you know. I did, get the, I did I get the blessing from Joshua Kennedy. And of course I've never seen these, but okay. I know we'll, we'll start with a um, Mantipus. Mantipus. So I, I'm that's the one he was filming after, um, Saturnalia. And it's, um, <laughs> quite sure. I think it says, I think it's in an old hammer horror style, um, and it's Mandipus, man, Oxford. Um, so I have, I think I'm in one of the early scenes where I get out of the shower, so we've got the little nod to Psycho there, but um, I, we may reshoot it because I think he was looking at, obviously because we shot first, and we actually shot it on, um, what did we shoot it on? It? I don't know we shot it on. We shot it on a, like a camera with film. Was that the 16 millimeter? Um, yes, that's what we shot it on. I was like, what did we shoot on? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was amazing. And you can hear it when you're shooting it. And it's, so it was really fun. But I think he actually wants to make it look older. I think we went for sort of 50s, but I think he wants to go really 50s. So I think we may reshoot those those scenes if I come back for anything. Um, otherwise, he'll have them. Uh, so that was fun. But that was, again, it was only a small scene. And I think I think the edit company actually lost one of the scenes as well. So that's why he's like, well, we haven't got that scene and that was a really cool scene. So we kind of like to 
redo it, but have because we don't want to lose anything. Um, and Saturnalia was the one I I was actually originally asked to do. That was the, the whole reason I was coming out. And it's basically because um, I was thinking, Josh, I'm like, what can I say? So it's basically about a guy who you know, not so lucky in love, whatever, or he needs some money or something. And then they do something and the comic book character ends up coming to life. And she's from another planet, um, doesn't speak English. <laughs> One of these films he gives me, he doesn't give me any lines. I don't think I can, I'm good at learning lines, but uh, yeah, I didn't have to say anything. But it was a lot of kind of emotive facial expressions and you know, doing things which again was interesting because you can't rely on your dialogue to lead the story you have to kind of do stuff so I mean again it was really fun I mean I think there's a lot of running around in this film and again we were on the beach and I actually had to get in the sea for this one and I, <laughs> I had these leotards um because because the, the comic character also her like evil twin from another planet turns up and they fight Anyway, she comes out of the sea um, and the leotard I went went completely see-through, went wet. And Josh was like, I don't know how we're going to fix this. I was like, I've, I've never thought about it. It's lycra. I mean, it, it's a dance. It was like a dance catsuit. And I was like, oh, yeah, like it is really see-through. So I think he's in the edit doing something about that. Um, I mean, I'm cool either way. I don't care. Um, but that was really fun. There's like a little bit of... Uh, burlesque scene and I think the character was based on Raquel Welsh's fur bikini obviously made from fake fur for me but uh, I mean it, it sounds kind of really out there and it is really out there but it's, it should be fun oh no I'm looking forward to his films um, I've, I've seen a lot of Josh's work and um, I've enjoyed it because he had Theseus and the Minotaur House of the Gorgon and, 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 and lots of others I mean I think he's got I don't know, like 15 different movies that he's done. He's literally, and he's only like 25 or something. It's crazy. He got a lifetime achievement award, um, two years ago at this one convention. <laughs> a, life, a lifetime achievement when you're like quarter of the way through your life. You're meant to get them when you're about 80. Well, you know, that's most people, but, but Josh is on a fat, on a track where he might, who knows how many films he would have by the time he's 80. I mean, it might be, you know, it's, I guess he'll get five Lifetime Achievement Awards by then. Well, I have a ploy to try and get into all of them. I'm like, Josh, you should put me in all of them. So each time I come out, we just have to make as many in the time. But I think we've got like a, a thousand film slate right now, I think he was saying. <laughs> so we've got everything in the work from Pirates to, I don't know, like literally it changes on a daily basis. They're trying to text me and like, what about this? I'm like, yes. So whatever he asks me, I basically say yes. That's how it works. Well, isn't that what all actors are supposed to say, you know, for roles? Like, can you do this? And you're always supposed to say yes. And if you don't know yes. how to do it, you find out. I think quick, that's, with, that's with every aspect of life. I mean, when we were doing Serial Caller and I needed, somebody was supposed to do the budget and he was late on the budget and they needed it in. And this is the difference between getting your funding and not getting the funding. Someone's like, can you do the budget? Yes. And I went home and I did some Googling and I came up with a budget for the next day. And if I hadn't have done, we may not have made a film. So yeah, I think all aspects of life, you can learn. There's nothing you can't learn. I think this is what Google is for. Oh, exactly. I agree with you. And, and, and um, I think the biggest thing is a lot of people are worried about when they take those chances about doing something wrong, about making things or doing things worse. Like, Oh, what if I, what if like if for singing, like, Oh, what if I don't sing well? What if people think, and instead of just do it, 
And then you find out, you know, did you enjoy, you know, did you like it? Yeah. Can I get better at it? And I think that's the difference between people. Some people are willing to take that risk and other people are not as accepting of the risk. And then that's why you have a director. So if you do something and you don't, they don't like it, then they should direct you to do it differently. That's their job to work with you because obviously an actor might read it completely different, have something different in their head, but that's, you know, it's just why you have a director. So, you know, and I had complete faith in Josh on the films anyway. So, yeah, I mean, even if he'd be like, be more crazy, be more out there. And, you know, it was fine. Like I trusted him. Well, I know of Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls, it, whatever you did, I mean, it, it worked really well with your part because you came in like, um, kind of like the Clint Eastwood, the, the quiet, very few <laughs> lines, go through, don't mess with her. <laughs> All I needed was his little, little lip, you know, that little, little lip smile thing, doesn't he? I couldn't do that. But, um, yeah, like I harnessed my inner Clint. My dad actually looked a lot like Clint Eastwood, so I felt like, you know, let's play it that way. Oh, really? Yeah. We, like, yeah, he used to get mistaken for him, which was odd. Um, I can also cross between Clint Eastwood and Crocodile Dundee because of the accent. Yeah, I guess people were thinking of Ben Hogan then and go with Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Paul Hogan, isn't it? Yeah, oh, no, Paul Hogan, you're sounded right. Like Paul, him, Hogan. Looked like, Sorry. Paul Hogan. Looked like, looked like Clint, sounded like Paul Hogan. Now, one other thing I wanted to talk about that you mentioned a little bit about, you do a thing called um, the, va- the the vegan vamp. I do. I did. I actually today, I sort of, it's in works at the moment. So throughout lockdown, because just I've had time, I've actually been writing scripts, but I've also been doing a few holistic courses because I'm actually Reiki 1 and 2 qualified. Um, and I've been doing crystal, crystal healing, aromatherapy, and a animal Reiki course, just just really to pass the time, also just to add some strings to my bow. Um, and the vegan man was it was started off as being recipes, but then it's how many recipes can I really make um, without you know? Because I'd have to eat something different every day to have enough content for the site. So then I started reviewing stuff, and then I just like I just need to eat healthier now. Like I can't just keep eating all these things from supermarkets that you know that that aren't. I'd, I'd rather cook. So I'm literally changing it. So I've taken it down today um, and I'm going to kind of relaunch it as kind of more holistic. So it'll be like selling essential oils and doing, you know, giving tips on different things. So I'll still be doing reviews. I'll still be going out and about and writing stuff, um, like blogging basically. But just, I mean, it's not just going to be vegan. It's going to have more, more going on. So slight change there. Also, we're breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. I haven't come up with a new a new name yet. But yeah, the vegan vamp was kind of the play on like the vamp as in the horror stuff, but then also with the, the modeling, like the vamp. Um, and also, I don't know if you had Count Dracula, the cartoon. It was a favorite of mine. Ooh, ooh, I need to plug my um, phone in a second. Yeah, Count Dracula was a favorite of mine. And obviously, he was a vegan vampire, Duck. That's interesting. And now I'm curious, one thing I wanted to ask you, and You've had in the in the horror things. You've had a lot of time, a lot of scenes where you um had a demise. What what mm-hmm. which one do you think was your most, or which ones do you think was your most interesting um exit in a film? Oh, my most interesting exit. And it could be more than one. If you, I'm not going to force you to pick just one. There's a film that's not out yet. Uh, it's called Ice Cream on the Beach. I come to a grizzly end in that one. That was a fun one. 
Um, it was on another beach, but it was a much colder beach here in, in England, in South End, actually. South End on Sea. Um, so that was a good one. I don't want to tell you about it. I don't know if you've seen a screener or anything. I think they're just waiting for a distribution at the moment. That was a good one. And then also Pandemonium, which is on Prime. They um, they gave me a, a death and then they kind of brought me back. So there may well be a sequel coming up. We'll see. Well, that's always good, you know. When you know, because sometimes the sequels, yeah. as you said, sometimes sequels are better than the original. Sometimes they're at least the same, and, and, and of course, yeah. I mean, usually, it's, I mean, I mean, Scream. I loved all of them. The original is usually the one that you know. But yeah, Crocodile Dundee is the only one I've said the second one. Yeah, because I know some people will argue about the um, the two God, the first two Godfather films, and the um, oh, I haven't seen them. And Star Wars: A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. They'll argue about like which uh, one. See, I'm is. just gonna like put everyone off me, but I watched Star Wars only in lockdown, and I just didn't. It's just not for me. I just I'm not really into robots and stuff. I mean, it, on paper, I should love it because I love. I just I don't think I'm into space or robots, so it wasn't really for me, which is a shame. But yeah, I know lots of people are disappointed when I say this. Well, it's everybody has their own personal views about watching different films, and uh, some people we'll look at one film and they'll be like, this is the best thing ever. And other people will look at it and it's like, mm. eh, you know, it's okay. You know? And, and, and that's, that's fine. You know? And it, it's, I think what happens is some people they'll get in those arguments where they'll be like, well, how could you not like this film? And I'm just like, Hey, and if they don't like it, they don't like it. I mean, you know, we can discuss each point of view, but I'm not going to try to persuade you to, to say, Oh no, you should try this. If, you know, if, um, mm. I remember, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Shining. Yes, only recently, and I didn't love that either. Neither did I, uh, and neither do I. Every, oh, okay. I've seen. I've tried to watch it several times, like uh, almost like a decade apart each time. And each time I've fallen asleep in the middle of the film, and each time I've woken I up like at the, the same set. time. What? I really. I like. I like the set. I mean, it's. I. I think because I think maybe if you watched it when it was made. I watched it now, so I think you. I've just kind of missed that, you know. Because if you watch something that's made in the 80s or whatever, and you watched it then, and then you watch it now, you'll still love it. But I think people may watch things and just think, well, this is really dated, and it's not. It just it didn't really do a lot for me. But maybe if I'd watch it then without watching all the other things I've watched since then, it might have been different. Well, I saw it um, not long after it first came out the first time. So, um, um and each time I would always wake up when Scatman Carruthers is driving in the, um, the snow plow. And, um, and then of course gets the ax in the chest and that kind of thing. So it's, it's really mm. weird. I fall, but it doesn't work for me. But when they came out, the sequel, Dr. Sleep, I think we came out a year or two ago. Um, I had friends. Try I to haven't tell seen me, that yet. I had friends try to tell me, Oh, you should go see it. I said, well, I didn't like the first movie. So why would I want to see the sequel? You know, it's, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think I haven't seen that one yet. I probably, probably won't bother. Yeah. I think if you, I think if you're like, I don't know, I mean, maybe one day I might watch it just to give it a try and, and I'll probably try to the shining again one more time. I, it, Cause everybody always keeps mm. talking to me. It's just so long. And that's, that's the thing that's, it's mm. that, that throws me off. It's just, it's just for me, but I know some people say it's the best film yeah. ever and you know, I'm, I'm fine with them being happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good um is there anything else you want to talk about that you have upcoming or you've done in the past what have i got upcoming i've got i mean there's so much this year that 
or last year that got postponed that's meant to happen this year so I've got the Ice Cream on the Beach guys actually they've, they're doing a film called Mosaic which is an anthology and they're bringing my character back even though she died they're bringing her back anyway because um, it's just a separate story um, they're bringing her back I think maybe for a couple of them so we're supposed to shoot something in March if we're allowed um, I've got Blood Demons, which was postponed last year, that's meant to be shot in May this year. So again, fingers crossed we can. Um, Power Tool Cheerleaders versus Boy Band of the Screaming Death, or Dead, I'm not sure. I think it's Dead, actually. Um, that was supposed to be shooting. I've shot one day so far, um, and then it's been halted. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots coming up. I mean, there's more than that, in fact, coming up. I had uh, something mentioned to me last night um, that is is meant to happen this year so yeah there's loads of things and it's just a case of you know if and when really have to jump on my social media sites and keep updated and and how can people follow you what what social media sites do you want people to um follow you on um well i'm on facebook twitter instagram and it's at miss danny t's m-i-s-s-d-a-n-i-t-w-e-z-e and you got like i told like we said earlier you had the the youtube channel for your songs yeah, I mean, basically, if you go on YouTube, because I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't really post much on it. Um, basically, the publishing company put it up on YouTube and they, they put it on all of the platforms. So it's also on Spotify, it's on um, Amazon Music, Apple, and loads of the other smaller ones. So if you just put in Danny Thompson Vamp, the album does come up. And I do have a website, which is danny-thompson.com. So you can also find out stuff that way. And on that one, they can get a, a physical copy of the, of the of Vamp and be autographed. Yes, there is a shop on there. So if you just click the shop button, I think there's a couple of different shops like because it depends where the merch does come from, whether it comes from me or whether it goes from somewhere else. So, yeah, I mean, that, that comes from me. So, yes, that's doable. Awesome. It was great talking to you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you, you work with Josh a lot more. Hopefully. Thank you so much. It's been fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And um, um, listeners, um, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be doing either a movie review or another interview. Talk to you guys soon.